Hi, we're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with Decrom. Good morning, the afternoon, the evening, wherever or whatever you get to get inside. This is Sports Crunch with Decrom. I'm your host, David Promolo. And boy, are we all in for a treat today. Not only do we continue our 2023 Beyond the Chap series with the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, but we do so with an absolutely wonderful young woman who is just going places, sharing her message of love and acceptance. Berkeley is in her fifth DBC season and like her teammate and our previous guest, Ariana, was selected as one of the four 2023 DBC team captains. She hails from Lawrence, Kansas and is a graduate of the University of Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Shortly yes. after finishing college, she tried out for the Denver Broncos cheerleaders and made the team in 2017. After two seasons, she decided it was time to hang up her chaps and pursue other opportunities. But in 2021, she found the desire to wear the chaps again, re-auditioned, and earned them back. When she's not on the sidelines or representing the organization in the community, Berkeley works full-time in the tech industry. Also this year, she received a hard-earned honor as one of seven finalists for Sports Illustrated's annual swimsuit model search competition. Most importantly, Berkeley didn't earn that honor because she's dropped at gorgeous, which she is. She earned it because she's exceptionally kind-hearted. Berkeley, I truly cannot think of anyone I've ever met in my life who has taught me the true meaning of beauty better than you have. I am blessed to call you my friend, and it is truly the highest honor to have you with us today. How are you? Thank you for that intro, Decrom. Oh my gosh, how do I even follow that? <laughs> I'm doing good, especially after you lifting me up with those kind words. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. I love everything you do, Decrom, and thank you for constantly supporting us and lifting us up. So I'm happy to be here and just talk through all the good Broncos, SI, life things. Oh, absolutely. And the feeling is mutual, my friend. Uh, we truly are on the search to be each other's cheerleaders. And uh, it just uh, is a blessing that I can lift you up as much as you guys lift me up all the time. That's uh, what we're here on the search for, especially in uh, dark times like these. But uh, let's focus on some of the light in this world, uh, starting with uh, you and where you're from. As we just mentioned in the intro, you're a Kansas native. Would you say most or all of your family are big Chiefs fans? Because most of the people in Kansas uh, are, are Chiefs fans. Most of them are, yes. I would say my family is an exception to that rule. When I was growing up, my brother was actually a huge Broncos fan. And that's I kind of followed in his footsteps. My mom was a Cowboys fan growing up. And then my dad, I think he was kind of like a bandwagon Chiefs fan. Of course, like when the Chiefs are doing really good, it's great for our state. And he loved to cheer them on. Um, so we were kind of a house divided in that way, which is why I went with my brother because I was like, I can't choose between my parents and the Broncos were just an, such an all American team. And so when it came to me deciding what team I really wanted to be a part of Broncos was the one that came top of mind. It was really the only option that I was ever going to accept. So that's the only team that I auditioned for. And that was the only team that I planned on auditioning for in general. So yeah, needless to say, my brother was extremely excited. Um, all my Chiefs friends back in Kansas City were very supportive as well. But it's definitely like a friendly camaraderie that we have now since the Chiefs and the Broncos are, you know, kind of, you know, we're we're straight up rivals. So it, it's it's a fun competition to get to do with my friends and family back home. Oh, absolutely. And on uh, game days, what's the dynamic like between you and your friends and family when the Broncos play the Chiefs? 
I think they get a little bit more intense than I do. I'm like, you know what? I just hope both teams have fun. I'm going to go out there, do my job, cheer for my team and know that, you know, whatever happens on that field happens on that field. And I can't control that, but all I can do is just help cheer on the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I'd say that my friends who are Chiefs fans, I think they, they take it a little bit more intensely only because they're trying to get to me just like in a silly way. Um, so it, it's fun camaraderie again. I don't take anything personally, but they definitely, they definitely <laughs> get pretty competitive on those days. And so do I. Oh, I'm sure you do, but it's good that it's a friendly kind of uh, rivalry yeah. uh, between you and your friends and family uh, back in Kansas City, especially now with the Kansas City Chiefs being the best football team on the planet right now, having future all fame head coach, Daddy Reed, the best quarterback on the planet, Patrick Mahomes, and they are literally on the verge of becoming the NFL's next great dynasty. Just one more Super Bowl championship, you could call them that, and that's all there is uh, to it. Uh, and I'm happy for them, and I'm happy for my friends and family who support them, and I have some friends that are on the cheer squad for Chiefs as well. So, you know, like us NFL cheerleaders, we're cheer sisters. So we want to support each other just as much as me and you support each other. So, um, you know, we support them and we're so happy that they're having the success that they are. I think if anything, like it can push our team to be better and all the teams in the NFL to be better and to like take the standard to the next level. So if anything, I mean, that's how football goes, you know, like it just, you're not always going to be at the top of the top, but when you are, you have to ride that wave. And when you're not, you have to ride that wave too and learn from it and become better from it. So that's the exciting part about the challenge that I think the Broncos has is, you know, we can really step up and, and learn from the chiefs in so many ways. And so let's do that. And, and let's have like that continuous friendly competition, um, you know, to, to really make it a neck and neck competition. Oh, definitely. And I love that you mentioned that you have friends who are actually on the Chiefs cheerleaders and uh, you can tell them that I chuckle that uh, a lot of their social media content recently. It's very clever. Uh, it they, is. And uh, coming out of college, aside from being a big Broncos fan, what else made you want to try out for Broncos? I just knew that they had such a high caliber of an organization and they treated the cheerleaders so well and you know, the cheerleaders carried themselves at such a high standard. And so I looked at them and was like, that's who I want to be. That's the uniform I want to wear. That's the team I want to cheer for and the organization that I want to work for as a whole. So again, um, it was kind of, you know, no other team I ever considered because this was the one that I was dedicated to be on. And, and not to mention, like I had always had an affinity for Denver and Colorado. I had some family here. Um, and I felt like a lot of my friends from college, and this wasn't a bad thing by any means, but they were, it was kind of standard to move to Chicago or to Dallas or stay in Kansas city. And I kind of wanted to branch off. I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to meet new people and to, you know, make a life for myself. And so that's what I, decided for Denver and luckily making this team back in 2017 I came into moving here with one originally not knowing anybody but then automatic 26 best friends and so it just it really helped me build the life here that I've always wanted to create and I couldn't have done that without this group of cheerleaders and the group of women that the Broncos select. Absolutely. The Broncos have a reputation uh, dating back many years for treating their cheerleaders um, uh, better than uh, the average NFL team, in large part due to the late, great former owner, Pat Bolin. And uh, it's been exactly one year since uh, the uh, Broncos, uh, Pat Bolin's uh, trust uh, sold the team 
to uh, the Walton Penner uh, group. Uh, do you think uh, the Walton Penner group is equally as supportive of the cheerleaders as the Bolin family was? I definitely do. I think um, Pat Bolin, Mr. B, he definitely set that precedent for everyone coming after him and his family continued to carry on that legacy for us. And we appreciate them so much. And so they really set the standard for the Walton Penner group to come in and know that, you know, like we're kind of something that they don't have to worry about, you know, like we know what we're doing. We're always going to do our job. We're going to continue to present the organization in a positive light. And so um, I think that they came in and saw that and were pretty impressed by that. And so, you know, they've, they've continued to support us and give us what we need to succeed. And so we appreciate that that legacy is being continued through them. And, you know, we have Mr. B to thank for that. And thank you to the Walton Penner group for helping us continue that as well. Definitely. I am beyond happy that the Walton Penner group, especially Greg Penner, who runs the show for the Broncos now is uh, continuing that tradition of a uh, being exceptional in treating uh, the cheerleaders based on everything you do for us fans in the community on game days, uh, you name it. Uh, you, it means more to us all than you know. And uh, Berkeley, uh, your uh, Denver Broncos cheerleader journey is it is interesting, kind of similarly to uh, our mutual friend, Romy Bean, who's been on this podcast multiple times. Romy, a <laughs> seven-year uh, Denver Broncos cheerleader, now rocking it as arguably the best sports taker the entire Metro Denver area. She, she absolutely is. Uh, she's a good friend of mine as well. And uh, she uh, was on the team initially for five years and then took like a four-year break and then rediscovered the uh, the love for dance again and decided to audition again in 2015. And she and she made it. That was the year they won their most recent Super Bowl. And she was on the team for uh, another <laughs> year. She lucky charm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're kind of similar because you initially made the team in 2017, but after your second season, you decided to hang up your chaps. But uh, two seasons later, you said, oh, I miss this. I'm going to try out again. Uh, so my question is, after initially hanging up your chaps in 2018, did you ever think you'd want to be on the team again? When I initially hung up the chaps, I, I thought that that would be my last time. It was really hard to leave. Obviously, this is an organization that you want to be a part of the rest of your life if you could, you know, um, but we gotta, we gotta go on to the next chapters of our lives. And that's exactly what I was doing. And so when I left, it was bittersweet, but I was, you know, ready to hang up the chaps and focus on that next chapter of my life. So I moved back to Kansas city to do that. And then, you know, after a couple of years, some things had changed in my plans because what I like to say is when you make plans, God laughs. Um, and sometimes you got to pivot and you got to go back to the place that you find home and that brings you peace, kind of like what you were saying at the beginning. And um, and this was this place for me and this was this team. And so I was ready to go back to my happy place. And luckily they welcomed me back with open arms and I could not thank them enough because I feel like that was such a instrumental time in my life. And I grew so much from that time in my life, but I couldn't have done that without them. So, so yeah, I definitely, it was something that I missed. It kind of felt like an unfinished, like kind of probably what Romy could have said, like there was more that I could give to this team. And so I wanted to come back and be able to deliver on that. And it, it definitely has like, you know, it, it's, it's funny because the first team that I made is completely different than the team I'm on now. And, um, you just, you realize how unique each year, every team is and the positives that they can bring with being so different. And so it's been, it's been really cool to be a part of that, like, um, evolution of the team. So. 
Oh, you bring up an excellent point because uh, your coach, Shauna Peters, who, uh, by the way, I have to thank once again for letting uh, me do this series. She's the best. And uh, she has a very, very beautiful philosophy when it comes to teamwork and team building that I think a lot of NFL general managers themselves would take. Uh, it's her puzzle theory. Like every member of a team is a unique piece of that puzzle. And every year, their piece of that puzzle changes. Like one year, you're the circle. Your second year, you're the triangle. The third year, you're the diamond. The fourth year, you're the arch on and on and on and on and on. I could go on and on about that, literally. Totally, yeah. What I really like about that theory is that it really emphasizes empathy because you have to empathize with the teammate of yours that is in the role you were in uh, two years ago. And uh, uh, another unique change that the Broncos cheerleaders have made since you made the team again is this year, they expanded from 26 members to 28 members. And I I know you guys take pride in being smaller than most NFL cheerleading teams because most NFL cheerleader teams are like 30, 35, if not 40 members. Do you think it was a good idea to expand the squad from 26 to 28? I think it was. And I think the Walton Pennant group actually had quite a bit to do with that decision as well. They they brought on the two additional girls because they know that there's going to be that many more community events for us to do and that much more love to spread. And so um, that's the cool part about those two additional girls that we added on. Um, And, you know, it's it's just making our legacy bigger and it's bringing more people in, like you said, to not only like take note of that empathy, but also like diversity and bring more people, give more people a chance to wear the chaps and to change this legacy as much as this legacy can change them. So um, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a great sign that we get to do more in the community because we love doing that so much. And there is always enough work to go around. Absolutely. It's just one of the most inspiring things uh, to see uh, each line of Denver Broncos cheerleaders year after year after year work together with empathy and in productive struggle. It it, it just is. And uh, you guys are crushing it again uh, this season. And uh, was there any specific experience uh, you had between 2018 and 2021 that uh, turned the light on in your head uh, that made you want to uh, put the chaps on again? Gosh, well, COVID happened during that time, you know, so I think that that caused everyone just to really evaluate their lives, where they were at and what they wanted this next chapter to be for them. And so I think during that chapter in my life, I just, I realized like, here's who I am, here's where I want to be. And here's where I want to go back to. And kind of like what I was saying earlier, I think, you know, COVID had a lot of negative impacts, but it definitely caused us all to think and to create all of these positive impacts coming out of it. And so I I looked at it as a challenge and I looked at it as a, as a good thing because it, it brought me back to where I wanted to be. And so I took myself out of the darkness that kind of ensued from all of that. And I came back here, which is what I call my light and my happy place. And so that's really what inspired me to put the chaps back on. Plus, you know, plus Shauna and Shelly and, and the women and the organization, like I, they just their family to me. And so they were calling me home and there's just something on my heart that said, I need to be back there. And that's exactly what happened. So. Yeah. COVID did a lot of uh, good for all of us, despite all it's bad. And uh, that yes. is another example of that. And another interesting thing about you, Berkeley, is that you're an avid reader. As a matter of fact, your TikTok account is essentially your book vlog, where you analyze a book you recently read in depth. 
I personally don't read the kind of books you currently read, but I remember as a kid absolutely enjoying children's book series, particularly the uh, Goosebumps books by R.L. Stein and obviously Harry Potter. What was your favorite children's book series growing up? Well, that's the funny thing, Decrom, is I wasn't much of a big reader prior to COVID. So that's another great thing that came from COVID. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, growing up, I don't think I ever had the time or I preferred to watch TV like other kids do, you know? And um, so, yeah, I wasn't a huge book reader as a kid until COVID hit and my best friend handed me a Colleen Hoover book. It completely changed my life. And ever since then, I've not been able to put them down. I actually have been slacking on my book blog on Booking It with Burke a little bit lately just because of all my travels and how busy I've been with everything. So I need to get back on track. I promise everybody I will um, one of these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I had to choose a children's series that I liked growing up, like Junie B. Jones. I loved those. You know, I think it would actually be fun to go back and like read some of those. They were just like fun, goofy, lighthearted stories. And we could probably all learn a thing or two by going back and reading some of our children's books that we loved. Definitely. And what are some of the best books you've read within the past year or two? So many. Gosh. So one of my top three or I guess top five it's really hard for me to pick a top three one of my top three is the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo that's by Taylor Jenkins Reid and they're actually making it into a Netflix movie so I'm extremely excited for that to come out I'll I'll be waiting in line first one at the theater to see that and then um, one of her other books Daisy Jones and the Six they actually made it into a tv series so that's really cool her writing is just very unique and it doesn't seem like you're reading a book. It seems like you're either reading like a documentary or watching a documentary or um, reading a biography. I don't know. So it just, it's a really unique perspective how she writes. And I really love her books. Um, I also loved The Hotel Nantucket by Ellen Hildebrand. Um, I love Colleen Hoover books. They really keep you engaged so gosh, the list could go on and on. I loved One Italian Summer. Um, that one's a good one, especially just for a summer read. But yeah, we could talk about books forever. So I'm going <laughs> to. Well, thank yeah. you for that uh, laundry list of books, Berkeley. I'll be sure yes. to uh, investigate them myself. And as I've said time and time and time again on the series, you can't stress it enough. As demanding a job as an NFL cheerleader is, it's only a part-time gig, and you and all of your teammates work full-time day jobs just like the rest of us do. Describe for us in depth exactly what you do in the tech industry. Yeah, that's actually one of, I think, my favorite things to share with people and the public that don't know that about us. It's a fun fact, and they're always so impressed and so surprised that we have full-time jobs. So I appreciate you asking that question. And so I work as an account manager at Oracle, which is a big tech company. It's kind of the behemoth of tech companies. And what I do is, you know, I work with my clients and I help them oversee their email marketing campaigns and initiatives. So I work in the consulting and marketing division of Oracle, which a lot of people don't know we have. So, you know, I'm kind of acting as one, an account manager and also a consultant to help them improve their marketing campaigns, be able to drive the value that they are, they're wanting to get back from it. Um, you know, they buy into our tech products that are able to help them carry out those campaigns. And then it's our job to make sure that those campaigns go smoothly from start to finish. And then we pull back end analytics to be able to tell them how they performed, how they can improve in the future, and ultimately just like meet their marketing, digital marketing as a whole, their goals for the year. 
Oh, that's very fascinating, Berkeley. And uh, yes, Oracle is a big company. As a matter of fact, uh, the previous uh, stadium of the Golden State Warriors before they moved into uh, Chase Bank Center in San Francisco was Oracle Arena in Oakland. So uh, Oracle is definitely at the top of the top when it comes to uh, accounting and big tech. And yep. uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not the only full-time account manager on the Denver Broncos cheerleaders this year. I believe you have uh, at least one other teammate, to my knowledge, Vika, who's also an account manager, and yeah. uh, your teammate, Bibi, who we who we had on the show last year, uh, she works in tech, too. Yeah, definitely. And so it's it's fun because Vika and I do hold similar positions, and, you know, Bibi, too, you know, we all kind of work in somewhat of a set, oh, my gosh tongue twister of a cybersecurity space. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's cool to be on the team with not only them because we can relate so much, but also with all the people or all the other women on this team that do much different things than we do. And just like getting to see that perspective and learn from them too. So. Oh, absolutely. Like there are multiple teachers on the team this year, multiple uh, women in tech on the team this year. It's definitely a sisterhood within a sisterhood dare I say. So women in tech. Women in tech, absolutely. Yeah. Always support Gotta women in tech. Got to stick together. Got to stick together. Indeed, women in yeah. education have to stick together. And us men have to support those women 24-7, 365, whatever it takes. That's all there is to it. And uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, you were down uh, in Miami with your fellow SI swimsuit finalists for a fun weekend get-together. What made that such a bucket list experience? Oh my gosh, what didn't make it a bucket list experience? One, just getting to be surrounded by the entire Sports Illustrated editorial team and their current models. I mean, I was walking this runway with models that I have looked up to since I was so little, like Camille Kostek and Brooks Nader. And um, it was it was just so inspiring to get to talk to them and be around them. And you would never, It's and it's similar to an NFL sisterhood, like you'd never walk in that room and be able to tell the finalists versus the rookies versus the vets in that room because it's a sisterhood and everyone is supporting each other and just wants everyone to succeed. And so that was really amazing just to get to be around these legends and learn from them and watch them and just see how they carry themselves. Um, it was really inspiring and it just solidified the fact that I want to be a part of the sports illustrated brand because everything that it stands for is just like inner beauty and helping people see that. And so it's been amazing. Um, walking the runway was incredible. I've never done that before, let alone in front of a thousand people at Miami swim week with sports illustrated. And so um, yeah, definitely a bucket list item. I can only hope and pray that I get to do it again. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm constantly reliving that weekend over and over again. And I have the SI team to thank for it. And the other top seven women, it, we're such a unique group and we've become so close. And so now it's become a friendly camaraderie. Like we all want each other to succeed and we all want each other to win this, but we also, you know, we want it so bad ourselves because after you experience a weekend, like we did in Miami, you realize how bad you want to be a part of this brand for years to come. Oh, absolutely. And Camille Kostic, that's Rob Gronkowski's wife, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so I don't believe they're married, but they have been together for a very long time. And I lo- oh. absolutely love and admire their relationship. But yeah, and the cool thing about her is she used to be a Patriots cheerleader. So her and I bonded a lot over the NFL sisterhood. And, you know, she even compared the Sports Illustrated sisterhood to NFL cheerleader sisterhood. So it is cool just to see that, um, 
you know, after this team, there's, there's things out there that can still provide you the love and support that I get from this team. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for clarifying uh, Camille Kostick and Rob Gronkowski's current uh, relationship. I could be wrong. Could be I wrong. could be wrong. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen pictures of the, of them having a wedding or something like that, but that could come in the very near future. Uh, you never know. At Berkeley, in addition uh, to that beautiful experience you had down in Miami, the folks listening to this at home that want you to be chosen as the next uh, SI swimsuit model still have plenty of time to vote for you. How, how often, and for how long can people do so? They can vote till September 1st. So voting goes until September 1st, and then we'll find out sometime mid-September if I have made the magazine. And how you can vote is you can go to my Instagram, which is this Berkeley Wright, my name, and you can click the link in my bio, and it'll take you directly to that. You can also go to sportsillustratedswim.com, and you know there's a whole bunch of links that you can click for the swim search. But easiest way is to go to the link in my bio. I know that the algorithm is a little bit weird. Some people are able to vote more than once. Some people aren't. But I know a lot of people are having luck voting like in consecutive days. So like not multiple times in one day, but you could probably vote tomorrow. And then the next day, you know, like once a day. So I highly appreciate everyone supporting me and voting and, you know, keeping that up because there is still plenty of time. So, um, yeah, we got to keep pushing those votes. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I am going to put that same link in the bio of my main Instagram account at Sports Crunch with DCROM. Uh, as soon Thank as we're done recording this, uh, you're welcome. You. And uh, so, People uh, who can't get to Berkeley's account uh, can get to my account and click on that same link the second you hear these words. So either Berkeley's Instagram account or my Instagram account have that same link in which you could vote for Berkeley from now through September 1st. And please keep keep it coming. She needs all the votes uh, she can. And as we record this podcast, the first practice of 2023 Broncos training camp has just concluded. And this yeah. time last year, Everybody in Broncos country was beyond excited with the team trading for Russell Wilson. Many were even thinking Super Bowl. However, last season turned out to be the exact opposite of what we'd all hoped. And that's why the Broncos made another bold move this offseason by trading for former New Orleans Saints head coach and offensive mastermind Sean Payton. How hopeful are you about the Broncos this season and going forward with Sean Payton now calling the shots? I'm extremely hopeful. I think that he's brought in some great energy. He has a great reputation. He has a history that can prove to it, you know? And so um, I think that if he can live up to this, his name, then he can fit all the puzzle pieces that we already have and already had and make them work really well together. So I'm excited to see the improvement that can be made and for us to step up to that challenge. Like I said, I think we sit in a really unique opportunity to be able to grow from the years that we've had the past couple of years. And so, so yeah, I think the fans are super excited because we're bringing in someone with, you know, such a high caliber of winning and coaching. And I think that it can really make a difference. So I'm pumped to see what goes on in that field. And I'm happy that I'll have a front row seat to witness it. Absolutely. And she is fifth year Denver Broncos cheerleader veteran Berkeley Wright. You could follow her Broncos adventures on Twitter and Instagram at DBC underscore Berkeley and follow her main Instagram page for her Sports Illustrated adventures and other news at Berkeley Wright. And Berkeley, thank you so much once again for joining us. But uh, with a Kansas girl like you, 
this episode would absolutely be incomplete if we didn't talk about country music, so to say, because you love country yeah. music, I love country music, and that's why I want to play a little game with you called Country Music Superlatives, and, yeah. or Country Music This or That. There are two versions of the game. Country Music This or That is what we're going to start with, and in this game, I'm going to mention two songs, and you pick the one between the two that makes the better song for a DBC routine, and we start with uh, Boot Scootin' Boogie, the 90s classic by Brooks and Dunn, or Knockin' Boots, a song recorded by Luke Bryan a couple years ago. I saw both of them at the Stagecoach Festival uh, in Indio, California a couple months ago, and they both uh, sung those songs, obviously, and I think both of them would be fitting for you guys. But if you I had think... to choose one, would it be Boot Scootin' Boogie, the 90s country hit by Brooks and Dunn, or Knockin' Boots by Luke Bryan? See, that's a tough one. Like you said, I think they'd both be really fitting because of our beautiful white boots that we wear. Um, but if I had to choose, I want to say, um, Knockin' Boots by Luke Bryan. Um, why Knockin' Boots over Boot Scoot and Boogie? Just curious. I mean, I love Boot Scoot and Boogie and I think that it could, um, you know, really appeal to our fans and it's kind of a faster beat, but you know, I kind of like the, the gritty country music, especially when we're talking about like dancing in our boots. So I think that would be perfect. Oh, it's funny. Uh, one of the lyrics in uh, Knockin' Boots is fishing in the dark needs nitty gritty under yeah. that pale moon. So uh, you kind of onto something there, Berkeley. I love it. I was onto something. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, arguably the biggest sensation in country music today is Luke Combs. And uh, I don't wear him on my hat or wear his uh, pants and Crocs for nothing. I am a big <laughs> fan of Luke Combs. And I think two of his songs uh, would be excellent for you guys to perform to this year. One is uh, his uh, early hit, When It Rains, It Pours, or another song from his new album that has a driving rock beat called Hannah Ford Road. Which of those two songs would you pick and why? I haven't heard the second one, so I'm going to need to go listen to that. But based off of your description, I feel like it would probably be that because it has a little bit more of a, a rock um, base to it, it sounds like. And I think a cool thing about our fan base is they love when we dance a country and they love when we dance a rock. And those are my two favorite genres to dance to because I think it just embodies NFL and it embodies Broncos country. So combining those is what it sounds like that song does. So I will pick that one. Sounds good. And uh, another guy I saw down at Stagecoach was John Party, one of the best, more traditional uh, voices in country music today. And I'm also a very, very big fan of uh, Darius Rucker and what he's done for country music in recent years. And either one of these songs, uh, I could easily see you guys say John Party and Darius Rucker come to say uh, Colorado Country Jam or uh, what's that festival? Sh Sh Cheyenne Frontier Fest? Yeah. Uh, uh, frontier days i think that just yeah, frontier days yes yeah. yeah that's the one and uh, i could easily see uh, them having some of you guys perform these tunes on stage with them uh, g given how they go uh the first uh, song is dirt on my boots by john party and the other is arguably the first big country hit for darius rucker all right which one of those two makes the better dbc routine and why First off, I would love to perform with them too. So hopefully they hear this and get the idea in their head, get their wheels spinning. Um, but I have to say dirt on my boots because I absolutely love that song and I've been wanting to dance to it 
for so long. And I actually believe that they did dance to it my two years that I took off. And I was like, oh, dang it. Um, so yeah, I'm like, let's bring it back. So I finally get the chance to dance to one of my favorite songs. Oh, I don't blame you for dirt on my boots. So we were singing to that song collectively uh, at Stagecoach. It's one of John Party's biggest hits that he sang it even more up than he did on the original recording. So uh, it would be fitting if you guys got to dance with him live to that song. And uh, last but not least, uh, one of the biggest uh, hits in country music in uh, the past two years was uh, She Had Me at Heads Carolina by Pulse Wendell. But another uh, uh figure of country music that I saw multiple times both at Stagecoach and at Soldier Field as she opened for Luke Combs, Lainey Wilson. She has a great song called L.A., uh, which uh, your teammate Lily and I agree would be a perfect song for you guys to dance to. But if you had to choose between the two, She Had Me at Heads Carolina by Colts Waddell or L.A. by Lainey Wilson, what would your pick be? I think L.A. by Lainey Wilson because it's always fun to dance to women country and to support them. And it, it just feels like it kind of like speaks to our heart a little bit. So I think that that would be a really fun one for us to do. Totally agree. And now we play the game called Country Music Superlatives. And in this game, I mentioned a specific scenario, and you mentioned what is the best possible country song to fit that scenario. And we start with the best possible country song to get you pumped up before a game. She's Country. I okay. absolutely love She's Country so much. I think I play it in my car every single time I get in, and I want to dance to it so bad, and I want us to wear the cowboy hats and just do full country mode and show Broncos country what we're made of. You hear that sound? That's our simpatico alert. We sound that alert every time a guest and myself are in agreement about something. And not only are you and I in agreement about Jason Aldean's classic She's Country being the best country song to get you pumped up before a game, your former teammate Alexandria, who was on this podcast last year, said the same thing. So you, me, and Alexandria are in agreement about that. So that's something to celebrate. And how about the best country song to celebrate a Broncos win to? I like That's How We Roll by Florida Georgia Line and Luke Bryan because I just think, you know, winning is how we roll as Broncos country. So, um, yeah, I think it just it, it embodies the celebration. And I also love both those artists and you just combine them two and make a beautiful song. Oh, that is definitely another great song. It has the perfect uh, victory mood in it. I completely, completely agree there. What about the country song that best describes the person you are? The person I am. I'm looking at my playlist. I'm cheating, but this is my playlist. Probably Country Girl by Luke Bryan. I love that one. And I just like, I belt it to my car and, you know, like I, I'm from Lawrence, Kansas, but I was born in Hutchinson. And so my grandparents still live on a farm. And so, yeah, I think of myself as a little country girl at heart. Oh, that is uh, arguably Luke Bryan's uh, biggest song. He always picks that as the last song of his concerts for a reason. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's a catchy one indeed. And I remember you guys performed to that one last year and it concluded with a incredibly athletic jump split. Very good work there. <laughs> it so did. Very, that was a crowd favorite. Oh, definitely. And uh, last but not least, the Coach of Superlatives. I haven't asked anybody this question before, but I want you to try to put together your country music Mount Rushmore. What would be the four country artists that belong on your Mount Rushmore of country music? Morgan Wallen. I think his songs are so unique. Luke Bryan. I I love all Luke Bryan songs. Um, can I pick Florida Georgia Line, even though there's... Yes, you can. Okay. And Kenny Chesney. I love Kenny so much. 
Oh, that's a very, very nice uh, country music, Mount Rushmore, Berkeley. But I'm going to do it a little bit differently than you. And I'm going to pick uh, four guys that I definitely know Kenny Chesney would agree with this, that without these four, there would be no country music. The legends, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard. And I think there has to be at least one song from each of those four uh, country music legends that you, you all could dance to at some point. Wouldn't you say so? I'm sure. And I'm sure our fans would love it. So I'll tell Shelly to look into some of those songs. Shelly and Emily. <laughs> Definitely. And once again, she is fifth year veteran and first year team captain, Denver Broncos cheerleader, Berkeley and 2023 SI swimsuit model competition finalist. Follow her DBC journey on Instagram and Twitter at DBC underscore Berkeley. That's B-E-R-K-L-E-I-G-H. And uh, her SI adventures and her real life adventures at Berkeley Wright on Instagram. Berkeley, it's been the utmost pleasure and the highest joy having you with us today. But before we let you go, I want to ask you just one more question. What sure. are the core characteristics that best describe a truly beautiful person? And it ain't just looks. I think a humble confidence. You know, a humble confidence and just having a kind heart is the best thing that you can exude. And, you know, that really, I think, shows your inner beauty, which translates over to your outer beauty. So um, have confidence in yourself, be humble about it, and be able to spread that love with a kind heart. Definitely at Berkeley. Thank you so much once again. And that's it for today here on Sports Crutch. But we'll be back again in just a few days as my right-hand man, Hal Bent, returns to discuss the early buzz out of NFL training camp. So stay tuned. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 on Instagram, TikTok, and now Threads at Sports Crutch with dcrom. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. For Berkeley Wright, this is David Cromwell saying so long. And whatever you do, please choose love. Please choose kindness. Please choose compassion. Please choose selflessness and please choose empathy, which are the core characteristics of the best teammates and teams in any sport. Until next time, cats, kittens, stay cool. <laughs>